Thank you for listening to the Desert Road Community Church podcast. If you would like to support Desert Road Community Church, go to www.desertroad.church and select the online giving tab. Now, let's join Pastor Dave Prosser as he gives this week's message. Well, if you've been with us for a while, you know that we are working our way through the book of Acts. And I chose going through the book of Acts again because uh, it so clearly laid out what was going on in the early church. And, uh, and I've said many times how I see what's going on, what's going on in the early church was what's going on in Desert Road Community Church. And uh, the uh, explosion of the gospel being spread and people being used to spread the word. And we're going to continue that, and as we see that today, um, we're going to be picking up in chapter 11, Acts chapter 11, starting in verse 19 and working through some verses here. Uh, so in Acts 11:19, we read this. And again, I'm in the NIV. Those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. So think back for a moment. Uh, If you had been there when Stephen was stoned to death, and you were in agreement with his views, wouldn't you have been scattered from there also? (laughs) Wouldn't you have hightailed it also? Oh my goodness, look what they just did to my friend Stephen. I believe what he's saying. I believe that message. I think I'm going to head back to my own hometown and get out of here. So the people scattered. They scattered to their various towns, we were told. And uh, they went to some of the towns for Nisha, and some of the people went to Antioch. Uh, one of the three that's mentioned there in that scripture is, is Antioch. Uh, and this seems to be the most important. Uh, it's where Christianity was launched on its worldwide mission, was here in Antioch. And we're told at the end of verse 19 here that the word was given only to Jews. But then verse 20 picks up in what happened next. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Now, some of the events uh, of preaching the word had already taken place, uh, leading us to this outcome that was happening and reaching out to the Gentiles. If you recall, for example, uh, Philip, he had preached to uh, in Samaria, but the Samaritans had already... uh, a Jewish background. There was part of that was Jewish background in Samaria. Peter had preached to Cornelius. We just saw that a couple weeks ago in his house, and the entire household was became believers. But Cornelius himself had already been worshiping God. And then in Jerusalem, this gospel gets spread and spread and and People get led there to hear the gospel and return to Jerusalem. And the seed of this missionary work had already been sown by Stephen's death. 
as a result of Stephen being stoned to death. Did you get that? The, the seed of the missionary work was planted through his death because people were scattered. What if they had all just stayed? Peter would have just stayed there doing his preaching, sharing the message, seeing maybe a church plant, a church plant, a church plant. But by his sacrifice, him being stoned to death, people scattered to their various towns. Now the gospel was spread in multiple locations that it maybe would have never been reached before. So now here with the, with the exception of Jerusalem, Antioch played a very, very, very important role in the early church, more so than any other city at the time. After Rome and Alexandria, Antioch was the largest city in the Roman world. Antioch was situated on the Orontes River. It's about 300 miles north of Jerusalem and just like a mere 20 miles east of the Mediterranean. It was often re referred to as Antioch on the Orontes, that name of that river, or Antioch the Great, or even Antioch the Beautiful. It was even referred to as the Queen of the East. And the population of Antioch was more than 500,000 people. It was no little bump-in-the-road community. It was a large, thriving community. And in Christian history, apart from Jerusalem, no other city in the Roman Empire played as large a role in the early church and the fortunes of the church than did Antioch. It was the birthplace of foreign missions and the home base for Paul's outreach to the eastern half of the empire. So that we see here is the magnitude of this city and the ministry opportunities that were there. And we see that as this verse continues. It says, when the news of the events reached the church in Jerusalem, they sent Barnabas. So what was going on? People scattered. Some went to various cities. Some left a couple of communities, went to Antioch, started proclaiming what Jesus had done in their lives, why they were impacted by the Savior, and spread the gospel in this huge metropolitan community. And churches were growing. People's lives were being changed. Something had to be done. And so the word goes back to Jerusalem about what all this ministry that's taking place. We need some help. Send somebody here to help us. So they picked Barnabas. Barnabas was chosen because he had uh, gained uh, and and. I guess I'd say an outstanding reputation among the believers in Jerusalem. He, he, he was seen because of his piety and his generosity that was given to the people by Barnabas. In fact, back, and if you recall, we were in Acts chapter 4, verse 36, and we read this about Barnabas. He sold a field that he owned and brought the money to the apostles' feet and gave it to them for their ongoing work. That's the kind of man Barnabas was. He was a lover of God and so generous with what he had that he gave and gave and gave to others. 
Barnabas was known. Anybody know his nickname? The son of encouragement. He was, that's who Barnabas was known. He was known as the son of encouragement. In fact, look at what he did when he arrived in Antioch. When he arrived in Antioch, when he arrived, he saw what a great, what the grace of God had done and was glad and what? Encouraged. He encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their heart. The son of encouragement, Barnabas. Luke tells us that Barnabas was a, was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. As I read that, I thought, I hope that someday somebody could say that about me. Yeah, old man Prosser. He was a good man, filled with the Holy Spirit, directed by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. He was a good man, and he led many to the Lord. That would be nice. I don't know if they could put all that on a tombstone, on a headstone, but maybe, maybe they could. You know, often I think, and, and don't get me wrong, it's not this. I'm not, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back. It's just, I think it comes with being the person up front, sharing the gospel. But I've had the privilege of leading thousands of people to Christ. Thinking about this young high school boy that was lost his life this week. I was pastoring in Minnesota, and same thing happened. A young boy just getting ready to graduate from high school, late at night, lost control of his car, hit a tree, and was killed instantly at the scene. And I officiated his funeral. Uh, something like 400 of his classmates came to the funeral. I would say half of them responded to the gospel. Now, you know, it's, that's one of those emotional times. You know, maybe they were making a decision or acting out like that because of the emotions that they were feeling and the word of the gospel that they just heard. And I don't, you know, shorten down any one of those factors. And I prayed that that, that would be real for them. But just, you don't know. And I encourage you all the time, when you leave here, you know, when we leave out these doors, we're walking into our mission field and to share the gospel by your actions. You know, was it uh, Dwight Moody that said, share the gospel, and if you have to, use words, you know? By your life, people can see there's something, there's something different about you. And if it can lead to any little conversation, then you can say, yeah, I know Jesus Christ as my Lord, as my Savior. 
I used to be a sinner. I'm saved by grace and through Jesus. You just don't know how even those little simple words and sharing that can impact a person's life. Anyway, that was what was going on in Antioch through the ministry of Barnabas. And Barnabas arrives there and he sees how this ministry opportunity was huge and growing. And what was, he needed more help. So look what he does. He, he travels to Tarsus and he found Saul. And he brings Saul back to Antioch to do ministry with him. And so this worldwide ministry begins here in Antioch. And we're told that Barnabas and Saul spent, I love this, they spent a whole year meeting with the church and taught great numbers of people. I I was thinking about that again this morning and thinking, I bet Saul and Barnabas and a few others that they were now leading and getting into ministry levels, if you will, I don't think they did that just on Sundays in Antioch. I would bet it was 365 days. And when I read that they were there a whole year, I think that's what Luke's trying to tell us here. Every day they were sharing the gospel with the people in Antioch. I think that because of Barnabas and Saul, people often began to hear about uh, the spiritual gifts that God had given to the various people. And we see this as Saul, we'll soon get to know him as Paul, uh, continued to spread the gospel talking about spiritual gifts. In fact, look what he said in, uh, in another book. But look in Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, verses 6 8. Here's Paul now saying, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is, if it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. Should I stop and add a whole new, new message here at this point? About giving? We're, we're, our church is two and a half years old. Have, we, have I given one, maybe one message on giving? No? And you know what? You're generous. You put your offering in the little basket back here. You support the ongoing ministry so we can go out and purchase some things and do some other events and activities. And You're generous, but you're giving generously, cheerfully. Oh, I didn't say that. Cheerfully. You see, it's interesting because the New Testament doesn't say what percentage to give, does it? It says give what? What's that last word? Generously. That's what we're told to do. That's a spiritual gift. And if you have the, I know some of you who have the gift of giving, and you do it generously, and God thanks you. It continues, though. It says, if it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, did you catch all those? Because Paul 
rambled them off there pretty quick here, but look at that list again. Prophecy. You know the Word of God. Can you tell people about the Word of God and, and say, this is... Can you tell people what the prophecies referring to the coming Messiah in the Old Testament were? And can you tell people that every prophecy in the Old Testament about a coming Messiah, coming Savior, every one of those was fulfilled in Jesus, except one. Somebody? Which one was not fulfilled? His second coming, he hasn't returned yet. But every other prophecy about a Messiah has been fulfilled only by Jesus. So is it prophecy? Is it serving? Is it teaching? Is it encouraging? Is it giving? Is it leading? If it's showing mercy, mercy? Have you even discovered your spiritual gift? Because when you become a believer, the Holy Spirit indwells you and the power of Jesus indwells you. And he doesn't leave you empty. I firmly believe he doesn't leave you empty. There's a spiritual gift that you'll receive. And one of the, it could be one of those. That's just one of the lists. There's another list or two that some of these are included on, but some other things are added. So how do you know what your spiritual gift is? Illustration. Watch this. Ready? You step out and you try something. It could be going on a mission trip, like our mission trip, our next mission trip to Mexico. I'll bet people sitting on this front row that went to Mexico with us the last time experienced some things they never thought they would experience. They did some things they never thought they would do. They spoke to some people they never thought they'd speak to because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that could be just a, an encouragement. It could be serving, painting somebody's house, right? And helping a family. You, 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 I say it all the time. The best way to know a spiritual gift is to do something. Step out and try something. Look at the word that Paul gives to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says, for this reason I remind you to, I love it, to fan into flame. Fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us, Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love. Self-discipline. I love that. I love that illustration that Paul's giving to Timothy here. You've got a spiritual gift? Try it. Step out. Do something with it. Fan it into flame. Because I will tell you something. Is your gift encouragement? And you encourage people? And you step out and you do that? God's going to bless you even more with another spiritual gift. I firmly believe that God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Here, use another spiritual gift, and God will grow you 
end the ministry of the gospel. God gives each believer a spiritual gift to be used to spread the word and to show his love to all people. That's what was taking place in Antioch. But again, how about us? We do it by trying something, by stepping out, serving somewhere. I found it interesting. Did you, if you read through this passage of Scripture in preparation for Sunday, how Luke concludes this section. He says, the disciples, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. This is the first time the term Christian is used. Used here in a good form. Because it's only used three times in Scripture, that word. And the other two are derogatory. You know, I forget who it is. Somebody's saying to Paul, you want me to become one of them, a Christian? But this is the first time the term is used in Antioch for Christian. I think I've said it before. I, I love the term that we call ourselves disciples, followers of Christ. So the gospel is being spread by the ministry as through a persecution of Stephen, the gospel is being spread. Now we're starting to see the start of a worldwide ministry because of Paul's involvement here in Antioch. And we're going to continue to see that as it grows. Lord, thank you that we can call on you as Savior and Lord and know that in that process, we don't go out in our own power, our own, our own great ideas, but you're gifting us through the Holy Spirit to speak to others, to share with others, to serve others, to share Jesus. Lord, may we be like this church in Antioch and so love those that don't know Jesus that we're willing to serve. Lord, use us to that end. In Jesus' name, amen.